disciplined people performing disciplined thought and executing disciplined action. Welcome back to the Winners Find a Way show. I'm your host, Trent Clark. This is episode 21 with Brad Stevens, part two of two, the entrepreneur whisperer. Brad is of Atlanta, Georgia, been an asset to so many business owners and executives. You will want to listen to all this show for all the nuggets. He's a fabulous speaker, a good friend, an entrepreneur organization member. He shares more on his entrepreneurial experience and systems that have helped build business growth and success and every businesses he has touched. You will not want to miss us discuss his self-discipline, power of leveraging and networking, relationship building, and his morning routine. I love his quote, leverage your network, lean into your network, and the relationships. Brad Stevens is a fabulous influencer of others, and you will not want to miss part two of two of the Winners Find Away show Episode 21, The Entrepreneur Whisperer. What's what's the one value that you would tell people to stay to? What what, what do you have to stay true to in that situation? And again, I mean, I, I don't think it's any kind of magic. It's just uh, being relentlessly de- determined to get on the other side. Um, I mean, uh, it, it, it comes back to that discipline and grit. I mean, there's just... There's people that hit adversity and they go down with it and there's people that hit it and they find a way to get through on the other side. Um, and so I don't know if there's any particularly magical, Oh, here's a special extra neat value that you got to yeah. have to get through yeah. a challenge. I just think it starts with discipline because discipline ultimately addresses both the positive times and the negative times that, that you're, you deal with. And, uh, just kind of relentless determination to get you know on the other side. I mean, I've absolutely been in that place multiple, multiple times where I was going down a path, even with this business I'm currently in before I launched the the whole uh, having our own VA and providing our own VA services. I was doing a bunch of consulting and advisory for a number of years, and it was just one-off project-based type of work. I get paid a fee to come in and spend four hours with the management team and tell them what all their constraints were, but there was no recurring revenue aspect to it, right? And I had to go find the next project, the next opportunity, and it just got very, very taxing. I was just like, this isn't where I want to be. Um, mm. and, and everybody kept telling me, Brad, why don't you just launch your own outsourcing operation? Like, I mean, you can have recurring rent. I'm like, man, I got to go to another country. I got to figure out how to incorporate. I got to go, you know, trust a bunch of people, build a whole management team. Like, I was like but you know what? And I tell you too, when you get married and you have a family and you have children, right? You got other things to win for besides yourself. Mm. And I think when you get into that place as well, that you've got another set of folks that you're fighting for, um, you know, aside from just, just yourself. And, you know, I, I was in that place and I just wasn't happy with kind of where it was going and I wasn't one to go, you know, find the next one-off types of projects and so forth. I mean, we would refer people to folks that we had vetted, but it just wasn't creating a, a recurring kind of component. And so, um, I said, whatever, we're going to do it. And I'm just going to trust that, that, uh, I got the right people and that we can kind of make it happen. I had no idea what I was doing. I never launched a company in another in another <laughs> in another country or dealt with any of the ch- the circumstances we've navigated. But um, but I went to the Philippines. I found a guy. I, I went and, and one thing I would tell people to one thing that uh, to share a specific value is leverage your network. Lean into your network and relationships. Don't mm. deal with your problem and your challenge on your own. Leverage whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, whether it's your personal group. That's one thing that's amazing about being a part of EO, entrepreneurs organization that we're a part of. We have a global Slack channel that has 
8,000 members on it. And if I post a question of anything I'm dealing with within inside of 30 minutes, I've got 20 responses from other entrepreneurs that have been there and helping me out with it. So, you know, one value I would say specific aside from determination and relentless kind of commitment is, is the ability to lean on others, drop pride and put your challenge out there. Um, yeah. You'd be amazed in your network and your relationships and, and when I was up against the wall before I launched this business, that's what I did. I put out there, put out my network, and I found a guy that was an EO Australia member that was an expert in helping people launch businesses in the Philippines. And if I'd never taken the time to post, look for that, he ended up responding. And I flew over there, and he took me on a tour of 20 facilities in five days. Um, a very unique niche experience that it, I wouldn't have found otherwise. And mm. that's what translated into me wanting to build and grow our office. Um, so don't, don't live in it on your own. Definitely lean on. And, and if you're younger, you may not, not have as big of a network and relationship, but reach out to others that are older than you, right? Your parents, your friends, uncles, you know, family, um, people that can help you with that, with that path. You never know what you're going to stumble across, but you got to be able to be willing to drop your pride to do that a lot of times. Well, I think there's, I think that's a great tip for people. And when things are down, people are embarrassed to, uh, of their situation. They're, they're, they're hurt. They feel shame. They feel all these things. And I'm always astounded. I had a very tough event happen, you know, I don't know, five or six years ago. And I, I was just happened to be at an EO event in San Diego at the time. And, you know, I got to go on stage here in like, you know, 90 minutes. And I get a call that was, you know, devastating to me from a friend. And I couldn't, you know, it was a hard, hard challenge to be faced with right at the moment. And I, I leaned on a friend, not a close friend, but a friend in the organization and just kind of shared and they immediately could identify they'd had similar challenges. And I thought, I'm the only idiot that could be so dumb to, to be facing this challenge. <laughs> like the whole shame cycles working on me of how stupid I must be and all these things. Right. And then you start talking to people like, oh, my gosh, lots of people in business have gone through things like this. And, you know, I, I, I'm reminded of people sharing um, uh, a woman who shares, oh, I've had a miscarriage. And then you find out in your network. Wow, 10 of the other moms in my network, four of them have also had miscarriages. Like people just don't talk about these things. But if you ask and you share and you have relationship, it's my biggest concern, I think, with the young generation is that I don't know if they're building those networks and relationships like you and I did at our age. And because we were doing business and vendors, and it was always relations were, were huge to our success in those early companies, of course. And so I see kids because of the phone, the technology, the kind of solidarity of it all. I'm concerned yeah. for that. Do you see that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think you've actually helped me find the answer to the question of what would I do differently? And there is, that I would, I would definitely is in my early twenties is I would have been much, much more intentional about the relationship building that I was doing, you know, at that point when I would meet people, it was like, you know, I, for whatever it was, whether it's business or personal, otherwise, I wasn't ever intentional about building that relationship, you know, taking that business card and sending them an email or a follow-up afterwards of, Hey, it's great to connect. I mean, in today's world, connecting on LinkedIn and following and so forth. Um, because that's, that's one thing that I've realized I probably didn't start that aggressive. And actually when I joined EO was kind of the first time my first all throughout my twenties, it was just me and a business partner and we were banging our heads against the wall trying to solve problems. And I didn't really reach out to any kind of business or, or organizational network in my early thirties when I kind of got involved with EO and some other types of organizations. But that is something that 100% I would tell any young people and I would do myself that that would have given me a lot more strength to navigate some of the challenges. Mm -hmm. If I had, you know, 
I'm sitting on, on a plane beside somebody, right? My early 20s self, I meet, you know, some guy that's like a VP of sales for a big organization. My early 20s self, oh, that was cool to meet that guy. My 41-year-old self, absolutely. Let's connect. Here's my card. Follow up. Send him an email afterwards. Great meeting you. Let's stay in touch. Connect on LinkedIn. Send him maybe even a, a handwritten letter, possibly. It's a whole different value system of what I've known. Now that network is like a safety net, right? That, mm. that weave of network and relationships is almost... That's why I was re even the software company we're doing. I went Jason, who's my partner in that we were talking and that's kind of the value of it. We launched this thing was, you know, you got members of an organization, you know, even like an EO organization that don't even know each other, right? There's some that know each other, but don't. And so this software does like these one-on-one -on -one collisions and intros everybody via email. Um, and it's like thickening the weave of the basket of that relationship. And if everybody mm -hmm. in their life can think about that is all think about the people in your life as nodes on a network, how connected are you and how thick is that weave? Because when you do have a, a setback or a challenge, it's a safety weave net you can fall on with those mm -hmm. people, those relationships, those experiences. But that really, that really, you know, paints a picture, right? If I don't, if I have lots of gaps in my net, I may fall through my catch net, right? Like it, my, yeah. my catch net really might not work. But if my, if my network is tight and I've got this deeply woven net, like I'm ready to walk the high wire. Like what's going to happen? I got a net here, man. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. And if I make it across the high wire, it's worth millions, right? But if I, if I, if I fall, I'll, I'll go back and start over because the net will catch me, right? I think there's, Wow, there's there's a lot of strength in that, man. That's uh, that's big. Talk talk to me quickly about the tough challenge uh, of of being a, a young father with these with these children, you know, running running and then running all the business and the balance. And how do you do it? You know, being a good husband, being a good father. You know, you're going at 100 miles an hour. Talk to me how you do that well. Well, I tell you, it's. Um, it Back to the original question we talked about as far as what's one of the biggest things that's made a big difference in my life and putting you know that EOS framework, getting the right management infrastructure in place that got me out of the day-to-day -day and the detail of everything um, also freed up my time you know tremendously as well. And also my stress level about things, like I don't know of every single bump that happens in the business, right? As I just transfer that to kind of the management team. And I focused on, on leadership and, and development of the, uh, the strategy. Um, and that's had a huge impact of, of the home life side of things, you know, as, as well. Um, is, as far as my approach to it and growing up in an entrepreneurial environment, seeing a lot of other entrepreneurs and so forth is that they, they, they focus on the big wins for their family. They're like, look, I've got to work 90 hours a week so that we can go do this big, you know, European vacation. And I got to do these, all this, and we're gonna do these big, big things. And, and most, most people's children or spouses are like, look, I just want the little wins from you along the way, right? You know, the, the random flowers that you show up, you know, making sure you're there to read books at night for me when I'm going to bed and so forth. Um, so I've really taken that that to heart. And um, I mean, fortunately, my business is virtual. So I get to work from home for the most part. And this is my home office situation here. Um, and so I, I mean, come five o'clock, probably 90% of the time, I'm walking down those stairs and I'm a part of dinner every morning. I mean, I'm usually making breakfast for our family usually. Um, I've just chosen that, you know, particularly the first 10 to 12 years of your children's life is where the biggest impression happens. I mean, a lot of things get yeah. start getting hard coded at 12 to 13 years beyond and just trying to be as in present intentional as I can. Um, and having a business that allows for the virtual flexibility, um, and those mornings, those evenings, 
and just being as efficient with my time and structures I can, so I can be committed and focused. You know, and you know, I know you're Michigan. We were actually up not too long ago and visiting, and um, you know, you and I were trying to connect up. And uh, that early morning when we go on vacation, I mean, we were 18 days that we were in Michigan, and I took one phone call during that entire time. Um, not 18, we were 15 and three days at my parents afterwards. Um, but I get up at five, five thirty before everybody else is up. And that gives me an hour of time to kind of deal with any kind of pressing needs and so forth. And then as soon as the kids are up, I'm there and I'm present the whole rest of the day. You know, mm. we just went to, to Disney for seven days. I didn't work the entire time, except for those early mornings. I get up and I'm able to kind of get things knocked out. So, you know, some people just can't be morning people. They're just not, they can't make it happen for me. Uh, it's been a huge part of what's allowed me to be successful with, and then also have the family flexibility, having that early morning. Yeah, uh, that, I love that you brought up Disney. You know, you and I built our relationship at Disney. Uh, I, I, know, I, I knew Brad Stevens that. pretty well, right? Uh, I'd heard of Brad, uh, knew him through a little bit through the entrepreneur organization. But then you and I ended up just by chance on a behind the scene Disney tour together and spent a half day with... Uh, you know, Walt and the boys, not really Walt, but <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone there. And it was, um, it was fabulous, right? It was a, it was a great experience, but probably I'll, I'll remember, I'll take away most from that trip, which is great seeing how Disney does things, but probably most of it was, you know, building our relationship. I thought that was really great. So, yeah, that was um, our last, that was our last event before COVID hit, I think. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, right? yeah, we were that both was at a, at a podcasting expo and it was the last in-person event that I went yeah. to before COVID hit. So, uh, yeah. That's right. Speaking, speaking in Orlando. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> so, so, so when you think about that, you know, I think this discipline this morning is very important. I've heard a lot of people tell me, ah, you know, trying, I don't know if I can do it. I'm a, I'm a pretty big night owl. Like being a disciplined mo- person in the morning is actually being a disciplined person in the evening. It's about putting your body down because waking up at five o'clock isn't bad. If you're in bed at nine 30, like that's not bad at all. You know, the problem is if you're up at one o'clock in the morning, five o'clock is an early wake up call. You're not going to be at your best by, by 1 PM because you've already got in, you know, these hours and you're running on three, four hours sleep. And so for me that it, we're back to self-discipline, you have the discipline to, to walk this line. Are you, are you up watching the games late or, you know, can you just watch the seven minute highlights the next day? It's so beautiful now that everything's in a highlight in three and a half minutes, right? Like, right. Hey, I'd love to catch the Braves game. Uh, and, and, you know, last week I interviewed Bobby Magianis, right. Who is, um, oh, nice. uh, Atlanta Braves baseball coach. He's a hitting coach for them. And, and Bobby was fabulous. Just talking about uh, a couple of really just interesting things. And so, uh, but that discipline is, is a big one. Uh, let, let me yeah. ask you, you've had a lot of success. You've won many games, many, many, many battles you've won. What's the best battle that you've conquered in your lifetime? I tell you, that one I shared about the disaster we had with our with our last business was probably probably right up there. Um, that was that was a big big mess, and, and and ironically enough, in that business as well. In parallel to having all those products grow up, we had two different businesses. We had the, we had a dental division we were servicing and a beauty division we were serving. A bunch of spas and salons and dentists, and a bunch of the dentists started suing the spas and salons for what they felt was practicing dentistry without a license. Mm. In addition to that, we were dealing with lawsuits all over all over the place throughout the country. Mm. Um, that, that was a, a double doozy during during that time frame. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say kind of getting getting the the guts, I guess, to make the the first step um, 
in this entrepreneurial kind of direction after coming out of out of college. I mean, I graduated graduated college, um, had a had an offer with a company in Atlanta. I was going to come work full time. Had a lot of student debt that I needed to take care of and pay. And uh, two weeks before I was supposed to start, I was actually going to do investment banking in Atlanta with a company. And I knew that was going to be my long wasn't going to be my long term path. I was going to do something entrepreneurial. Um, but two weeks before I was supposed to start, um, they ended up going under. So I got a notice in the mail and said um, that Robertson Stevens, no relation to me, but PH Stevens, um, they had gotten shut down. They were big in the tech sector. This is 2002. They had taken E-Trade yeah. Public, really involved, and, um, and Fleet Bank that owned them ended up shutting them down. And it took the entire office by surprise and had no idea that that was kind of going to wow. happen. So I'd already committed to these guys like nine months prior, even before I'd graduated. I've um, got a signing bonus and... And it's funny, I got to keep, I got to keep my signing bonus and I got three months severance pay and never worked a day for the company. <laughs> so That's I was a, like a lottery ticket. Like, could, could you just go apply all that money right onto your debt and take another job for, co- for college? You know, it's yeah, crazy. It was, uh, That's awesome. But that was, that was a, a big fork in the road path for me. Yeah. You know, I'd already gotten a, an apartment up in Buckhead in Atlanta. I was going to be living with another young guy. We were going to be young and single and making great investment banking money as a 21 or 22 year old. And, you know, once that came, it was a major kind of life decision to say, all right, I always want to do this entrepreneurial thing. And so my uncle, who was a doctor, had been telling me about this idea of, of um, helping low, low income people qualify for free medications and, you know, working with cross-border pharmacies in Canada. and um, and so I kind of had that down on the table. I was like, well, and I had some other job offers that I could have taken, but I tucked my tail. I canceled, lost a month's deposit with a guy up in Buckhead, moved back in with my parents into a bedroom in the house, living with my parents and, um, and made the decision to launch my first business. And literally in a room about half the size in that business, we helped low-income people qualify for free medications. Um, we ended up launching and I had my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, all within two, three feet of each other, all on computers. And I got my whole family and I said, hey, I need your guys to help me launch this company. And so they would sit there and answer, you know, phone calls. And, um, and that's how we kind of got that business off the ground. But that's one of the biggest, I remember sitting and having to make that decision. Am I going to go ahead and go down this path? Or I've got these other offers. I can go work for some other companies, guaranteed money, or go ahead and do this entrepreneurial path. And I did, and I've never looked back. That's all I've done in the last 20 years. What, what do you think, what do you think gave you the courage? I think, Growing up and seeing an entrepreneurial kind of environment, even though one that had struggled and had some you know challenges associated with it, um, but having my parents honestly there to support me, my mom was one of my first employees and was right there beside me and to support and help me. And I knew my dad had tons of experience and knowledge, um, and knew that he would be right there to provide guidance and support uh, for me right out of the gate. So I think. I've always had an amazingly supportive family growing up and they've always, we've always had each other's back and have been there. And so making that decision to stay at home and, and have the help and support there, knowing that they have my back was something to help, help make it happen. Okay. Awesome. I mean, I know that when you talked about perseverance, you know, Bobby and I, uh, this coach, right. He, he and I talked about, and he talked about the fact that he didn't have a plan B, right? Like he's got, I think he's been in pro, pro baseball for 30 years now, but he didn't have a plan B and he, and he kind of beats himself up. But now he's, he's a guy who's over 50 who received his master's in uh, performance psychology at the age of 50, right? Like this guy, you know, and that's courage, right? To go back and go do your schooling at, you know, in your forties. And so pretty cool, but 
some of that perseverance and some of that grit to me was that there was no fallback. Like there is when you say, Hey, you Burn just got to go do it. And, and there's no opportunity for you. Hey, there's no other, there's no other option I have. And part of that is like, you only have, you don't have a right or a left. You've only got to go forward. So you better find a way to get, get around, get through, get mm-hmm. under, get over, but you got to find a way. Yeah, no, it's uh, and sometimes giving yourself that ultimatum, you know, the whole burn the ship story of, yeah, that just, uh, as cliche as it is, it's the, it's really the decision you got to do. You give yourself no other path. Most, most human beings are capable. All human beings are capable of, I mean, what's the stat? I mean, 80% more than we actually try and take advantage of. I mean, our, our brain and what we're capable of doing, we tap a fraction of it. Yes. And it's just those people that make that choice to, you know, to do it or not. And sometimes it requires putting yourself in an ultimatum situation. And um, that'll what kind of spark the change. All right. Let me, uh, last question before we go to a couple things. You've worked with a lot of people. You've consulted a lot of people. When they look inside the mirror, I think people miss things about themselves. Like you said, hey, you, you got so much more brain capacity to tap. You have you have so much more ability. I mean, we're only using 20% of our capability. There's lots more potential in there. What do you see when you look at them that they might not see themselves in the mirror? What are they missing? I'd say some similar similar things that I kind of went on in my in my own journey and kind of what I share in our current business and kind of inspiring people to really delegate and get outside of the day-to-day detail of their of their operations. I see that they're missing that they can they can let go of the reins that mm. have trust in in other people to perform and and deliver. And it's this thing I call kind of an 85% rule. You know, there's a lot of things that are getting done in my business that look if, if I was micromanaging every single moment and so forth, yes, would everything be hundred percent perfect? but we'd also be about a 10th of our size, right? Mm. If things can get 85 to 90% of the way there that I would personally do it and, and the job gets done and we move down the road, then it's a, it's a win. And, and having that comfort level to just so many entrepreneurs hold on to the rain so damn tight. You know, it's like, I've got to control everything, every single thing that does, right? Every single blog that goes out, I got to have every single wordsmith, every single word that goes on. I got to make every single decision. And, I've seen a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs that have tinkered with the idea of, of outsourcing and VAs and exploring that, but are just fearful of letting go of control or even their staff and their managers. It's like, no, no, we're the only ones that can do it. There's no way possible anybody could do it as good as we do. Um, but they go down the path and they start just letting go of the reins some and establish confidence. And they find all of a sudden that it can be done, that they can relinquish. They can, what I call, you know, automate and delegate, right? If you're going to scale, you have to automate and delegate at some point. Like the, uh, there's a great, uh, it's a very video testimony on our website. The uh, Rob Shotwell and his wife have a video production company in in New Jersey, you know, and they share in there that for years, the two of them were living in the business, the old E-myth, right? They were living in it. They hadn't taken a vacation in like numbers and numbers of years. And it always talked about this idea of, of getting other people involved and delegating. And once they finally took the step and made the mindset shift, now, now they've got two, maybe I think three VAs that they're looking to kind of bring on that's now changed their whole mindset and how they're kind of growing, but not just outsourcing and VAs, but just a whole mindset of, of relinquishing that control. So I think they're missing in the mirror that they can have other people run their business. They can be financially successful. They can win without having to control every single move. It's mm. awesome. All right, let's, let's finish with this. 
That's so good. Uh, first of all, thank you, Brad. I mean, I know our listeners see value in the episode today. I, I enjoyed learning about all of it, man. You know, like uh, Collins is Max. I can't wait to go check that out. Um, for you, just, you know, talking about the discipline that you bring every day, talk about how, how important it is those first two hours of the morning, what you get value out of that. That's a huge, huge takeaway for me. Um, for, for the people, it, it, it's time real quick for the best way to win. Is there something that you want to share with the listeners that we did not touch on today? Is there something that we've missed maybe in all of it that, uh, we'd want to share with somebody? Oh man, we, we covered a lot of, uh, different nuggets and, and elements. Um, yeah. you know, I think, um, you know, something I'd share with everybody to do an exercise we did recently, actually part of my, my forum and, and entrepreneurs organization, we, uh, we took a, a retreat. So we take two retreats per year. We meet, we meet monthly for four hours per month within our forum. And then we have two retreats per year. And, um, one's usually a, a flyaway, went to local. And, and this past year we went to Colorado and we had an actual fellow EO member, um, named Finney and Kelly, um, former president for Colorado has this whole program called the intentionality compass. Um, and it's a whole an exercise to really just come to terms with what your purpose is, what your kind of core values are. And most of us have a general idea. We've talked about it and so forth, but really haven't taken the time to do it. And about three weeks before we went out on this, he gave us a workbook to go through and to really answer those hard questions for ourselves that I hadn't taken the time to do and sit in that chair right there. And I took that hour and a half, usually most mornings. And I sat there with my iPad and my uh, good notes and just sat there and cranked out. And it was so helpful to take the time blocking out everything else and just think about what is my individual purpose statement? What are my individual core values that I want to live by? Um, and you know, for people that haven't taken the time to really do that, um, and you check it out. I think he's got the guide on us. If you go to intentionality compass, I think.com. Um, but just to really sit down and come to terms with that and, and to kind of, what, are you, what is your guide? And we have it for our companies, right? We have our company mission statements, our core values, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, for me, I mean, it was just helping individuals realize their potential. Um, just as what I, when I really looked and reflected on a lot of what my behavior is, how I've interacted with people, where I've added value in my life, where I seek value, um, is I love love seeing people really achieve what they're truly capable of. And I cannot stand things that aren't optimized. I mean, I just, I just, whether it's brushing your teeth or launching a business, like there's an efficient way to do things. Um, so I would just encourage anybody we haven't talked about today is just sit down, take some time and uh, really come up with a couple of sentence purpose statement and personal core values that go along with your business that really kind of put you in touch with yourself. That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, Brad, tell them again where they can find you. Sure. If you want to, Check out our, our business and kind of what we do, outsourceaccess.com. Um, we kind of explore the whole outsourcing BA world. There's a, a video right there on our on our site where I kind of take you behind the scenes in the Philippines and share this whole world. And I'm huge on education. Whether you end up using us or not, I love to educate people about this whole space. Um, and there's a whole some educational webinars and stuff that I do on there. And then bradstevenstraining.com. Uh, I do a ton of speaking globally on the topic of redefining how you scale, how to automate and delegate with VAs and, and, and easy tech tools. Uh, if anybody here is a part of an organization or a business group that you're looking for someone to speak on that topic, that's very practical, case study driven, uh, bradstevenstraining.com. You can kind of check that out and just look me up, Brad Stevens on, on LinkedIn. Um, would love to connect with you and, and exchange and see some of the content we're pushing out there. And automate delegate, sorry, automatedelegate.com is our podcast. Um, it's short 25 to 30 minute podcast where we do nothing but drill in and I have people give me specific examples of what they're doing to automate and delegate in their life. And um, so check that out.
Mm, I'm going to check that out too. Uh, next thing I'm going to ask you, last thing, is your quote. Your go-to kind of quote, verse, do you have something that you kind of, you're well-read. I know you read a lot. So um, do you have a go-to quote? So I'm going to have you think about that because I got a go-to for today. I have a always quote of the week. So um, for everybody else, follow us. Follow us on YouTube Live. Follow us on LinkedIn. We go uh, live with this every week. Follow us on the Leadershipity channel, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, we are on Instagram, Twitter at either Leadershipity or Trent M. Clark. You can find us there, Facebook, Trent M. Clark, or the Leadershipity page. I'm all over LinkedIn. That's probably our biggest uh, framework there. And of course, leadershipity.com. Make sure you're looking for our upcoming book, The Pyramid of Leadershipity, uh, Accountability for Leaders. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate us. Uh, winners find a way, five stars, subscribe to the show, or card to find value driving stories from the 1% leaders for each and every episode. Of course, Brad Stevens, delivered just like every one of our people and it's just awesome to hear uh to hear your perception man and hear your your quotes your automate delegate is so good um uh, i i subscribe to your monday morning um you, good give us your email for monday morning for everybody the the tool addictive tool oh the addictive tool series yeah so uh yeah if anybody here is interested and in, we i mean i've got a whole set of tools and resources um if you, uh, if you send an email to tools, T-O-O-L-S at outsourceaccess.com um, and just put leadershipity in the subject line. You don't have to write a message to us or anything. Just send it to tools at outsource access, put leadershipity in the subject line. Um, and as you can imagine, that goes to a VA that I have and, uh, <laughs> and we'll shoot out to you. We have a, a thing called our addictive tool series. It's a once a week, just cool tech tool or, or resource that maybe you've never heard of before. Um, we don't have to send you a ton of stuff. It's just one tool once a week. Cool tools like, you know, Screencast-O-Matic that lets you screencast recording. Tools like Thanksgiving.com that do automated handwritten letters from a mobile app. Um, so just some kind of neat tools are out there. But yeah, if you send an email to that and put leadershipity in the subject line, um, we'll shoot you that and, and a list of other tools and resources that may be helpful. What's your go-to quote, Brad? What's your, things are down, but you know, this can level you, ground you, set you in your foundation right away. For me, it's very straightforward. And this is actually, um, I was actually, salutatorian in my high school. And, and when I had to do a speech, I did two things. Um, I actually referenced this quote and I sang a song, <laughs> which I couldn't believe that I actually did, but I asked him if I could. Um, and it's the man in the arena, Theodore Roosevelt, um, yeah. is just one of my favorite absolute go-tos. Um, it represents a lot of everything that we talked about today. You know, it, it's not the critic who counts. It's the man in the arena that, you know, at the end, may, may, may realize high achievement, but at the worst, that they fail while daring greatly that their place shall never be among those timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat because they didn't put themselves in the arena and give themselves opportunity. Um, so I absolutely love that, that quote. I reference it a ton. Um, yes. And then uh, The River by Garth Brooks. Um, anybody's never cool. listened to that song, uh, the lyrics, that's one that... Uh, that uh, for my graduation um, was one that I was passionate about. But the, the words of that song um, just, again, I think just describes the world of entrepreneurship that uh, no matter what battle you're going to navigate, you're going to you know, run the river until it runs dry and uh, find, a, find a path. There'll be rough waters and storms, but if you stay the course, you can get on the other side. We got some great references today. Like in my notes, I'm gonna have references to so many people, so many things. I, I love, I love. It's the critic. I, I love um, that that uh, the man in the arena. 
I love it. I actually have it sitting here on my wall, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. uh, it's powerful. Brene Brown probably really brought it to light because uh, in her yeah. book, Daring Greatly, she named her book after a quote uh, in that of Daring Greatly. Um, and it's a fabulous book, by the way. Just another name drop reference right there. Another great book, um, Daring Greatly. For me, uh, you know, I spend every week thinking about my guests for the week. You know, we know in advance, obviously, who's coming on. So, you know, and Brad and our relationship, I, I went to a Bible verse for you, 2, 2 Timothy 1, seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of when I thought of Brad Stevens this week. That came to me, and I, and I let the Lord kind of guide that for me. And that immediately just, wow, I thought, man, does that, does that give me Brad Stevens? There is nothing to be scared of in this world. Like it does not serve you. There is fear, <laughs> there is fear and I get it. And, uh, but, but being scared and timid has never served. Um, and man, when I think about power, love and self-discipline, you came just straight out, like jumped off the page at me. So <laughs> it was uh, powerful for me. And so thank you thank so you. much for coming aboard, man. Oh, it's very kind of you, man. That's uh, very, very humbling to uh, have that sh that shared. I appreciate it. It's uh, been a great experience. And I've had plenty of takeaways here. I mean, I, I love too the way you rephrased. We don't talk about problems. We talk about challenges. And I'm actually going to have a note here. I'm going to mention that to my, my team going forward. That's how we're going to rephrase our vocabulary on that one in particular. But it's been great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the shares and the experiences well on your end. For everyone, Brad Stevens on the Winners Find a Way show. Thank you for joining with us. See us every Friday, 1230 Eastern, 930 AM Pacific on all the networks. We go live. Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. If you love this episode, share this episode with your friends and Follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're listening to. If you want more content from us, join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. You can find us on all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity. For our award-winning workshop, Win With Great Teams, you can find that page on LinkedIn as well as our corporate page, Leadershipity. If you want to win more it starts with you today. Say it with me now. I have what it takes. <laughs>